Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, a business examiner news group podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode's special guest is the new CEO of Vancouver Island's own Peninsula Co-op, a $300 million organization employing 400 individuals. He speaks on his storied career, including senior leadership positions at Aritzia and Walmart, the state of retail, the co-op's transformation plans, and much more. Our conversation starts now. My name is uh, Corey Gillen, and I'm the CEO here at Peninsula Co-op. We're an island-based retailer uh, focused here in uh, Sandwich, throughout the Southern Island, predominantly in Northern Island as well, uh, with operations, two business units, predominantly uh, fuel and convenience, uh, and our other business unit is liquor and uh, grocery. We're a $300 million business, an employer about 400 uh, employees, give or take, uh, depending on the day. And um, yeah, great to be here. Awesome, Corey. Well, I really appreciate your time and I've been looking forward to this. So I want to just start off and ask you a little bit about if you can give me just the, maybe the high level view of how you ended up in this role, a little bit about your background and, and past leadership experience. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, you know, my, my background has predominantly been retail uh, throughout my career. Um, I think like many uh, folks that uh, wind up in lifelong retail uh, careers, it uh, usually is by accident and ends up being, uh, you know, a lifelong journey. Oddly enough, it's one of the largest employers in, in the country. My background started uh, kind of as a, as a cart pusher in retail, so really kind of worked my way through. Spent about 18 years of uh, that career with, uh, with Walmart, uh, both here in Canada as well as uh, stint internationally. Um, and to kind of summarize that, I suppose, um, kind of three functions uh, where I was um, a senior executive in. One was operations, so I headed up a large-scale operations, a Western Canadian business. It's about 110 stores, about a $7 billion PL, and uh, just uh, about 22,000 associates. So, so certainly kind of a large uh, chunk of, uh, of, of the pie, but with Walmart, obviously, comes scale. The second uh, uh, function kind of uh, there was more focused e-commerce. So I was a vice president of the omni-channel uh, business, um, uh, an e-commerce business, if you will. Kind of early stage of that type of role and kind of really kind of bridging uh, the digital and physical assets of the business together and uh, spent a few years that in uh, doing that in Toronto. And, uh, and then finally, um, I had a chance to join the international side of the business for, uh, for a couple of years on the M&A and integration side. And uh, really at that point um, was uh, helping support uh, what was going to be uh, acquisitions uh, at that time, predominantly brick and mortar retail uh, businesses that were successful uh, around the world and uh, ended up um, joining one of those acquisitions of a company, a holding company called MassMart and uh, was living in Johannesburg uh, for a couple of years there and kind of traveling in throughout sub-Saharan Africa uh, th- through that acquisition. So, um, yeah, so it was kind of uh, kind of early start of career. I was a West Coast uh, guy, didn't uh, live here for a long period of time. Um, ended up coming back to the West Coast uh, through through a meeting um, that uh, that I'd had with Aritzia, with the founder uh, of Aritzia, a fellow named Brian Hill, and uh, he and I kind of hit it off. It was about six months before that business was going public. Good Vancouver company, uh, and uh, brought me back at the titles in Toronto. Came back to Vancouver uh, to uh, as their senior vice president of uh, of the retail side of the business. So. Really interesting dichotomy to kind of work um, both at a very much a corporate level, uh, large, you know, obviously it doesn't get much larger than, say, a Walmart, 
to come work with a founder. And um, that was really interesting. Um, you know, still consider him very much a mentor uh, in my career and uh, time well spent. Um, but uh, a, a different focus on, um, you know, uh, a different type of retail. And at that point, was really focused on, on a few things, in, including uh, kind of large expansion into the U.S. at the time. You know, kind of moved on from there about uh, three years later, and uh, you know, it was kind of brought into a, uh, the, the startup space and uh, spent uh, about uh, three years uh, in the startup space, kind of early stage uh, cannabis retail, if you will. And, uh, and, and really interesting, uh, you know, three years in that space for sure. Um, and uh, so I suppose much of the ebbs and flows of, uh, of that space, but we were uh, lucky to, uh, to get out, build a very, um, I think a robust business, 18 stores across three provinces and uh, ended up selling those, uh, those retail assets out to the largest retailer in the country and still is a company called High Tide. So um, really kind of, um, you know, over that time frame, uh, from very large, <laughs> It's a very small, you know, it's, uh, uh, sometimes it goes the other way around, but uh, I would argue that it's actually probably better to go all the way up, all the way down kind of things. You just get um, uh, probably a better visual. And then, you know, kind of how I uh, got to co-op really was at the time, me and my wife and, and my, uh, my young son, uh, we, were, uh, we were actually uh, vacationing and uh, a recruiter had kind of reached out to, uh, to me at the time. And so I wasn't sure what I was going to do. It was kind of post uh, post sale of uh, of the business, and uh, we were really unsure of what we really wanted to do, or maybe where we wanted to live at the time. And uh, so I um, was uh, in conversation with uh, with a recruitment company. They kind of spoke uh, to about uh, Peninsula Co-op and, and kind of what uh, what they were looking to do, and really uh, ended up kind of meeting a few of the the folks, and predominantly the board. And what I really liked about it, John, was um, it was a very progressive board. And uh, what they were looking to do, they were very clear, not necessarily with the entire vision, but at least direction of where the business uh, wanted to go. And so the word I would likely use is um, they knew it was a very strong business, done very well, but, um, but needed uh, likely some form of transformation. And I think that's really the thing that triggered uh, me and, and ultimately why uh, I was uh, excited to, uh, to be a part of it, to come in and, and support that. Awesome, Corey. Well, that is very, very cool. It's it's quite a resume that you've got. I'm wondering if you can speak at all, if you had to evolve or adjust in how you approach uh, taking on a new role when there is kind of this different corporate structure than, than where you're coming from. Yeah, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good question. I think the word change probably is, um, is, is maybe not the one I would, I would choose. I, I, sus- I suppose it'd probably be adapt to each situation and, um, and each situation calls for a different set of tools. I think the corporate structure, the overall structure, cooperative structure in this case, really doesn't differ that much compared to, to any of the other structures uh, necessarily. I think at the end of the day, the lens uh, for me is much more on um, what are the members, customers, uh, in, in this case, what do they want, what do they need, um, and then how can we provide that? And then I think the, the, the job as it relates to or the role of structure of an organization really comes down to how, how well it, it enables that to occur. And then I think that uh, to, to maybe kind of hit your question, how as a CEO or as a, a leader in the business, um, how do you further uh, help the enablement of those things? And I think what I've found uh, in my time um, at, uh, at co-op um, is that there's just a robust energy, if you will, 
that is uh, that wants um, us to succeed. And so I think at the at every level of the structure, whether it's uh, member uh, up or board down, whatever the case might be, or however you want to kind of um, uh, portray that, um, there's just a there's just a focus on uh, on wanting to succeed. I want to ask a little bit about what you've been up to in the first couple of months in the role, and then maybe if you could dovetail and just what is upcoming. You've talked about transformation in a prior comment there, and I'm wondering if you can just kind of elaborate on what that means for you. So the first few months of the business and kind of coming in, I think like any new leader, it's a fact gathering mission. And, um, and so doing a really good job and I think a very deep dive into uh, the history of the business, uh, where we are today in the marketplace, um, you know, what's our, you know, all of those sorts of things. So really kind of gathering all the facts. So spent the first few, uh, I'd say 90 days really building out a state of the nation of, uh, of where we are today. And, uh, and then from there kind of built out with, uh, with the stakeholders, uh, all stakeholders, ultimately, uh, what a good strategic plan would look like and why, uh, why the word transformation may even be used, uh, in this case. And so really how we got, you know, essentially kind of came to was, was kind of four big buckets um, that, uh, that I think kind of um, will kind of lead us for the next um, three years, really. And the first one kind of being, you know, how do we continue to what our, what our ultimate, um, you know, uh, see secret sauce is, is, uh, is our member-owned business. So how do we continue to maximize our member uh, relationships? And uh, so that's really kind of one bucket. So that's um, you know, not only adding uh, necessarily, you know, say new services, uh, new business lines uh, as well, and uh, new product offerings. So those sorts of things, um, including experience, uh, kind of fall into that bucket. The second one really is about being a best place to work. I think we all kind of talk and hear and see uh, that uh, in the place, uh, the labor is, is, is a, uh, the war for talent is, is real. Um, and how do you make sure that you're doing a really good job of locking up the current talent you have, as well as um, doing a great job of attracting new talent uh, into the business? So we've got lots of initiatives that support that. The third one is really infrastructure driven. And, um, you know, as a business uh, today, I would say we're, we're, um, we're lacking some of the infrastructure we were needing uh, to, to propel us into our next phase of growth. So kind of launching um, uh, initiatives, even quite honestly, restructuring uh, parts of our business um, into uh, into different business units that uh, that were probably more kind of all of one before and much more of a singular focus today. And then finally, um, the last one is around diversification. And so um, that really for us is, uh, is, is twofold. I think not only is it um, likely we need a bit of a jumpstart uh, in one space and that'll likely come um, you know, through M&A and thinking of like, how do we, how do we kind of move more quickly uh, and move to diversify more quickly, as well as new format development. So I think those are kind of, you know, things that said uh, that we see in the three years that, uh, that will uh, be a part of our uh, overall plan. That's awesome. It's exciting to see, you know, I've been a part of the Mid-Island Co-op since for like, you know, 17 years or something wild, Otter Co-op where I am. So it's really cool to hear that you're pushing things forward because it makes such a dramatic difference in the communities that they serve. I want to ask you a little bit about the economic environment and kind of what you're hearing from customers. Right now, obviously, we see the inflationary pressures and there's, you know, some federal government checks for food, apparently, uh, that have come in. But I'm wondering if you can just speak to maybe what you're hearing on the ground. Always curious about how that kind of matches up with the headlines that you see. 
Yeah, I, I think um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, that so what we're seeing in in, uh, in the marketplace is, um, is is all the same pressures that I think um, that that we're all feeling, and that the cost of uh, of everything essentially uh, seems to have gone up uh, at a, such a fast rate. And uh, so what are what are customers um, looking for? What are members looking for at the end of the day? And uh, I think the first um, bucket that we hear, and we hear it often in, in our grocery business is value. So where you where can you offer uh, value for the customer? And so um, you know often the word trade down trade you know trading down is used, and you'll probably hear that in a lot of public um, you know commentary from from uh, uh, grocery leaders that sort of thing. And I think that's the case. But I think that also means that you're trading down on value because you've traded down on price. And um, I think in some instances that may make sense in fresh products like meat. You know, you may not be in a, a tenderloin and it may be down, you know, kind of thinking, uh, you know, rump roast at, at the end of the day, something in, in that scenario. Uh, but I think when it comes to values, I, I think it's just uh, making sure there's consistency. So we've we've launched uh, quite a few products recently that, uh, that are more kind of everyday low price focused. Uh, within the grocery business, as an example, uh, a bigger focus on private label that we're pulling into our convenience stores that we're drawing from some of the successes in grocery overall and then leveraging our our cooperative system as well. And I think that's uh, a bit of a secret sauce that gives us a bit more of the scale uh, that, uh, that we're able to do that from a buying power perspective. So probably a lot, uh, a lot in there that we're certainly hearing from the customer, um, I think, as it relates to, um, you know, fuel and fuel pump pricing. That's relevant. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing that just occurred, uh, and maybe almost an anomaly, we took pricing, you know, the cost of uh, fuel down uh, going into the long weekend, and ultimately, you know, the market, uh, the market was either following or maybe even going that way. But um, that's a, a bit of a rarity because I think we all know what we can expect come a long weekend. So, um, anyways, you, you put all those things together. We're not in complete control of the commodity, obviously, but um, as it uh, as it stands today, I think value, and I think the um, the piece that, that, that we're also hearing from, from the customers that uh, there needs to be, um, you know, because you can find many of the products that we sell elsewhere. Um, and, uh, and I think that's, that's, that's um, you know, you can, and, and likely at the same or a better price uh, in some cases. So for us, uh, what are we going to do differently? And I think there's two components. Is one, uh, do a better job of, of the service that we provide while we're there. And, uh, and then three is to make sure that we've got, um, you know, that we're supporting the communities that, uh, that we're in. And um, I think that's just something that differentiates us um, completely at, uh, at Peninsula Co-op and, and quite honestly, the uh, cooperative retailing system in general. Your earlier responses, you talked about your background in e-commerce and now you're in retail grocery. Um, do you see opportunities to kind of merge some of those uh, experiences to create a, a unique local retail buying experience uh, on the island? Yeah, I, as it pertains to, to e-commerce or grocery delivery. Is that yeah, of yeah, grocery delivery, that kind of thing. I do, I'm, I'm familiar with your sectors for requirements for scale and delivery and all that, but. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there is, um, uh, there's a few things. I think that um, it's it's an additional, you know, channel uh, for, for business that, um, that we're really, not in today. And I think there's, there's a host of reasons uh, for that. One is probably infrastructure too. I don't think it's ever been a really a mandate uh, through the business, that sort of thing. And then I think of the, um, the commodities or the, the business lines rather that best support it. 
Um, and um, I think for us, likely, um, you're right. It, it is it is a channel that we'll continue to ex that we'll we'll move into. Um, my guess is we'll move more into the liquor side and the the wine, beer, and spirits side of the business first. And uh, we'll, we'll put a bigger push uh, there and I think make sure that we do a, a very good job uh, of that space. The advantage um, that we have that, um, that I think is, you know, wasn't there four, five, six, ten years ago uh, was that the third party businesses help support, you know, the supply chain and much of the technology requirement, to be fair. So I think from, from that side, we'll likely go there first. Um, uh, I think grocery uh, will be a bit of a, a longer, um, you know, uh, thought uh, in terms of how we're going to go about doing that. Um, and, and again, kind of having quite a bit of, uh, of, of background in that space. Um, I think we're probably better to go with the most simplistic one first and, uh, and likely uh, ultimately the most profitable. From a challenge perspective, is there anything that pops for you in terms of it could be a local economic issue or... Is it just the macroeconomic environment that's causing challenges for you in a retail business? But is there any kind of big challenges that you that you see upcoming? Yeah, um, maybe at a at a macro level, um, I, I think the uh, the elephant uh, in the room is essentially interest rates, and um, and I think that is going to continue to have a knock on effect uh, for us going into whether the next six months, twelve months, eighteen months. I think. You know, everyone's predicting we should be in a recession by now, but, um, you know, we added 60,000 jobs last month and um, somehow that's become a bad thing. Um, you know, it's uh, strange how the, the paradigm uh, shift. Um, so I think I think that's certainly uh, it's going to just put a bigger um, uh, amount of pressure, uh, if you will, on on the core business uh, overall. So I think that's that's probably the first bit. I think for more um, local, uh, it's always really supply chain. And uh, I think, you know, uh, we're, we're island based. Uh, everything has to get over uh, somehow on, uh, on, on a barge of some kind. And, and, and the bigger we, we become and the more scale we become, the bigger of an issue that likely becomes. So probably not speaking to anything new uh, as it relates to, uh, to, uh, to island logistics, but um, I think that'll continue to be a bit of a challenge uh, for us and, and um, you know, I don't have a, a short-term solution for that one. So, um, but, uh, you know, as summer kind of hits, um, you know, you already start to hear some of those, uh, those challenges overall. One final kind of business question before we jump into it, the, the, the last bit here. So, for people in the audience who are in leadership roles, stepping into new roles, um, is there advice that you would pass on? Because you, you've got quite a significant resume in a senior leadership position. Anything that that's really helped you kind of propel yourself? Yeah, it's um, a good question. I, you know, I think there's, I think there's, there's a few things. I think it depending on kind of where you are and what stage your career, um, you know, it's. Um, but you know, I'll kind of take the lens of, uh, of of early career and kind of what do I do? And I'm not sure what what uh, you know what what I'm going to be when I grow up, if you will. So um, I think the first one, um, and, and this always kind of told me, is, is be somebody who gets things done. Um, you'll be noticed, uh, and I think that uh, it's just a it's a really good um, you know tag, if you will, or trait uh, to have. It's just be somebody who gets things done. And, um, and whether it's not noticed in the first few months, it will be noticed. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the first one. I think the second one for me um, is be open to opportunity. It's not, that opportunity might not be the exact path that you think uh, you should be on, but be open to that opportunity. 
Um, I think it better rounds people uh, at the end of the day, and, and I'd say that to, to be the case. And so whether that's a new role or whether that's new legit, you know, maybe even uh, a relocation of some kind, uh, be open to that opportunity. Um, and I think I think the last one uh, for me is just um, is, is kind of being adaptable. Uh, and I think that um, when you're when you're in those mindsets, I suppose anything ends up becoming a little bit more possible, and you're not so fixed. Uh, which I think uh, can tend to be a challenge for people when they're thinking of what uh, what they want to be versus um, enjoy the journey part. So that's all I've got for you on the on the business side of things. I wanted to jump in the final four here. We ask these to each interviewee. Um, and so the first one I'll start off with is your favorite book. No parameters, fiction, nonfiction, business, non-business, doesn't matter. I'm going to go with Made in America. And it's the autobiography of Sam Walton. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think John Huey is the, uh, is the author, but a, um, a, a great book. Favorite app outside of your email and office suite? Oh man, I, I'm going to go with Fubo, uh, because I'm a big, uh, Liverpool football fan. And, uh, I absolutely, uh, if I, if I use something more often, you know, and I'm actually going to give some credit, uh, which, which might be against the prevailing, uh, you know, wins at this point, uh, BC varies. <laughs> Their app is actually very good. Um, and I wanted to, you know, I'll call that out. I know they've taken a bit of a beating uh, over the past uh, few days. So I'll, I'll let them, I'll, I'm going to give that one uh, to them. That's the first positive media review they've gotten in yeah. a couple of months here. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, this will be my news. <laughs> hey, no judgment. Um, uh, best personal advice you've received? And this does not have to be attributed to a specific person. It can be uh, a combination or a, a theme from your life? Yeah, I think, I think it was really around, um, I don't know, I'm not sure where I, where I picked it up, but, uh, anyway, I picked it up and I, I believe it to be uh, true. I think it was really about being, being a, a leader in business in particular, being a CEO, uh, and leading an organization. And, um, it really kind of speaks to being, um, you have to be very patient uh, you know, extremely patient when you're thinking that kind of three, five, you know, uh, year range out. Um, and I think that's, that's one piece, but at the same time, you need to be, you know, equally extremely impatient in the short term. And I think that, you know, it kind of, um, it kind of just uh, stuck to me about the idea between vision and, uh, and execution uh, at the end of the day. The very final one for you, favorite restaurant I'm in Cabra Island. Oh man. Are so so. Uh, I know it's Little Jumbo. Ooh, all and, right. And uh, really, guys um, make a great Negroni. So I'll, uh, I'll go with that. Thanks for stopping by from the trenches, the Business Examiner Podcast. 